Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes. And of course, we will begin our broadcasting soon. So please take a few moments to share this out because this is going to be a great conversation. And if you've been here before, you know, we don't like to have a conversation by ourselves. So let us invoke the power of three. And you can multiply that, of course, but make sure that you invite at least one person to join at least or at least three people invite at least three people or share this into at least three groups because we have an exciting show today we are going to have a first we're going to have a man in the c-suite so i told you that this is a great conversation for women and a few good men and we are going to have our first male guest on conversations from the c-suite tonight so Thank you so much for making sure that you invite others. And I'm going to take a moment and do the same thing myself. So I'll be back. All right. Well, I am back and welcome again to Conversations from the C-Suite. We have an exciting show 
planned for you tonight. I'm excited because if technology cooperates, we're going to have our first male guest in the C-suite. And of course, I am your host, Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, and I want to welcome you to Conversations from the C-suite, the girlfriend's guide to being a CEO. And you know here, we want to make sure that every woman is the CEO of her life because she needs to have a seat at the table because great things happen when women are at the table. Not only do we create great opportunities for ourselves, but we create great opportunities for others. And of course, Conversations from the C-Suite is a power-packed hour that provides women a platform to discuss the real issues that affect real women CEOs, because we know that life doesn't end when we leave the office. And CEOs, you know, we make great things happen. We don't just wait on great things to happen. And that's what being a CEO is about. The E is for execute because you got to make it work. So, of course, you know, the C-suite is where all of the chief officers are in any company. It's where all of the decisions are made. And each of us has a C-suite in our own lives. It's where we make the decisions to create the life we desire and deserve. And so we want to make sure that you know where you are on this journey to the C-suite. You may be a CEO on the rise. That means, you know, you've just thought about this being a CEO thing and you are ready to begin the journey, but you don't know quite how to get started. Well, you're in the right place. We're going to give you some tips along the way. Then you may be a CEO on the move. You've been on this journey to be a CEO, but now you are wanting to take it to an even higher level. And then you may be the CEO. You know what you want to do. You know what you need to do, but you know that you need to take it even higher because a CEO never stops evolving, not a good one. Some of those rinky-dink CEOs may get to a certain level and say, I know everything, I can quit. But a great CEO continues to evolve. And so you can always take it to the next level. So here in the C-suite, we want to help you to make those CEO moves. And we know we want you to feel something, learn something, but most of all, You've got to do something. You've got to make those CEO moves. And the first C is to create those circles of influence. The E is for educate and empower yourself to elevate you to the next level. And of course, the O move is to be able to operationalize what you learn to optimize your outcome. So I am excited. Technology is with us tonight. And our guest is in the lobby. And like I say, this is really exciting because it's the first time that we're going to have a man to actually join us live in the C-suite. We've had a few good men to join the conversation, but it's always great to have um, a man be a part of the conversation because we know that even though, even though we are women CEOs, we got to work with those men sometimes. So it's awesome to be able to make those connections. So whether you report to a CEO or you are the CEO of a business, you are always the CEO of you. So we want to talk about the strategies that will help you to capitalize 
on your most powerful asset, the power of choice. And you, in your C-suite, in your life, you have the ability to create extraordinary outcomes in your business and life. So are you ready? I know I'm ready. I'm very excited, very excited to bring our guest from the lobby to the stage. I had the opportunity to meet this gentleman, let's see, I, um, about six months ago now, I suppose. And I was just amazed by the awesome work that he's doing because he focuses on one of my favorite topics, and that is love. What would we do without love, right? So I am excited to bring to the lobby or from the lobby today, Milton Lawrence Jr. He is a Baltimore native, U.S. Marine War veteran, an internationally recognized lifestyle wedding photographer, philanthropist, speaker, and filmmaker. He is wildly, wildly gaining notoriety as the go-to digital documentarian and storyteller to niche brands, brides, and influencers nationally and abroad. His inner city life experiences combined with a keen ability to capture and produce this is my addition, the most beautiful cinematic stories that resonate with audiences from around the world, uniquely positions Milton into a new category of socially conscious philanthropic storytellers. His latest project, Will You Marry Me?, is the ultimate relationship trifecta. Gathering over 1 million collective impressions and 400,000 full episode views, Will You Marry Me is uniquely positioned to change the landscape of successful relationships. So I am pleased to bring to the virtual stage Milton Lawrence Jr. Hey! Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. Sorry for all the technical difficulties, but we are here. We are here. And, you know, that's that's one of the things that, that as professionals, anytime you're dealing with media, anytime you're dealing with technology, you just got to make it happen, make it roll, because we are CEOs and CEOs make it happen. So I do thank you so much for joining me here in the C-Suite. Welcome to the C-Suite. Thank you so much for having me again. Yes, and you have the distinct pleasure of being our first male CEO to join us here. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is going to be interesting. Yes, no, it's going to be fantastic because we have begun our relationship series. And you may have heard during the intro, I talk about making CEO moves. And one of the most important parts of being a CEO is creating those circles of influence. Mm -hmm. And our relationships influence us at home, at work, vice versa. We don't leave home at home, truly. We don't leave work at work, truly. And we need great relationships in our in our personal and our professional lives in order to be great CEOs. Absolutely. So, so last week, our last episode's guest uh, was a woman who has been interviewing men to get kind of their side of the story as it relates to helping us to bridge those gender differences. So mm -hmm. she has been interviewing men and shared that research with us last episode. But tonight we get to hear directly from you. So I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me here in the C-Suite. 
Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity um, to share from a male's perspective. Um, I personally believe that business is business, um, no matter what your gender is. But I believe the the method of way you do business um, does does matter, right? It does impact the the results that you get, the rooms that you're able to get in, um, and obviously ultimately the results that you're able to get um, and that type of thing. And so it should not matter, but the reality of it is it does. It does because, you know, one of the um, cool things that, uh, well, one of the things that can be cool is when we recognize that the differences are just simply differences and don't have to be barriers. They're just facts. Um, yes. It's just facts and just things that, um, that we, deal with or overcome mm -hmm. and leverage actually in order to maximize our relationships. Right. So, so we always start when we bring a guest to the C-suite, we start with the who, the what, and the why. So of course I've shared generally your bio. We're going to talk some more about this. Will you marry me series? Cause I've been, I've been waiting uh, to discuss this because I truly believe that the work that you're doing is incredible. I've shared this with you, but it is a, a truly beautiful way to talk about love, but not just talk about it from the romantic happily ever after perspective, mm -hmm. but really looking at what makes love successful? So we're going to talk more about that, but I want to start with the who, the what, and the why. So tell us who is the real Milton Lawrence Jr. <laughs> what do you do? What what? How did you get into what you're doing, and mm -hmm. why do you make the CEO moves that you do? So originally, I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, my mother's side of the family is from from the Carolinas, and my father's side of the family is from Trinidad. Um, Coming out of high school, my oldest daughter was on the way, and so I decided uh, to go into the Marine Corps. Um, so I joined the Marine Corps, served uh, for eight years, um, and in that eight-year period, um, you know, I, I, I was you know sent overseas, and 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 you know had, we had to take care of business over there. And then when I transitioned out, became a defense contractor. Uh, when I became a defense contractor, I did that for about three or four years before um, my sister calling and saying that, hey, mommy's not doing too well. Mm -hmm. um, and so at the time, I'm, I'm, I was living, I served most of my career out on the West Coast, mm -hmm. um, specifically Southern California. And so, and, and I take my hat off everybody's in California right now dealing with the fires and things like that, because uh, many of my friends are still there. A lot of the relationships, as you talk about, Dr. Barnes, mm -hmm. um, uh, are still there. And so they, they impact you, although you're still, you're not there, you know? And so we I've gone through those fires um, uh, and that type of thing. And so I, I'm, I'm very you know, sensitive to that. So after my sister called and said my mother wasn't doing too well, I transitioned to pack the family up and we transitioned back to the East Coast. And uh, when we did that, um, I didn't do it too smartly. I didn't have a job. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when, when my sister said, hey, mommy's not doing well, I just kind of like kind of had a blank. Yeah. I kind of drew a blank. I just came. Yeah. Uh, moved, moved back to the East Coast. And uh, when I moved back to the East Coast, uh, it took me about four months to get back on contract as a defense mm -hmm. contractor. Mm -hmm. But in parallel, I started shooting in nightclubs just to make ends meet. I, you know, I yeah. drove in Baltimore. They have a thing called sedans. If you're in New York, they have like they call them dollar cabs and things like that. Uh -huh. um, I started driving sedans. I started taking pictures. I did whatever I had to do to keep a roof over our heads um, until I was able to get back on contract. And so um, did that. And then six months in, I was introduced to weddings. Um, mm -hmm. And so in, in, in the production world, they'll tell you to find your niche. And then even in, in any business, they say, find your niche mm -hmm. and uh, or your niche, or how, depending on how you decide to, to say it. And so um, I started shooting in nightclubs and I was I was your picture man. I bust the yeah. t-shirt that says picture man, right? I was the picture man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so well, ironic. And the wicker chairs. <laughs> 
That's a yeah. southern thing. That's a, no, you know? no, no, no. I, I think they just went out of style maybe 20 yeah. years ago. Um, but but yeah, that was a thing. Um, and so so anyway, what happened, what came out of that was that um, you know, before I was shooting parties, I would shoot, you know, headshots, I would shoot all types, I would do what I did whatever I had to shoot to, to, mm -hmm. to again to make ends meet. Um, but there was something about weddings that really kind of resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And I was the assistant of the assistant. So when when Drake, uh, the rapper, says you started from the bottom, now you're here. That's that's really the truth. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm I'm self taught. Uh, that led to starting to build relationships with with hairstylists and makeup artists. Mm -hmm. And what I found out was the kind of the the, the underground relationship uh, pool was mm -hmm. was always with the hairstylists and makeup artists, right? And mm -hmm. so they needed editorial shots for magazines and things like that. That started building relationships with them. And that mm -hmm. led to uh, some of my first international assignments, uh, mm -hmm. you know, throughout the Caribbean, uh, you know, and then also corporate, uh, corporately, um, you know, really going east, if you will, you know, going into uh, places like uh, Bahrain and I'm sorry, not Bahrain, um, like Australia and places like that. Uh -huh. And so what happened was um, about probably about four years in, people started asking for the natural progression in photography is, you know, if they think you do photography, then they think that you could do video as well. Right. So people started asking for video. Um, and so that led to now starting to provide video production support um, for, for many of my clients. And again, these were brides, these were brands, these were just ordinary people who, who wanted to, um, to have their stories told. Um, and they wanted to, be, wanted to be told in a unique way so that they could mm -hmm. come back um, uh, to, to either archive them or to be able to use them for promotional purposes. Uh -huh. uh, and so again, that, that led to that. Um, and we just we kind of we kind of ran from there. Uh, I went to a retreat, and and, and I'm I'm a huge proponent of um of, of continuing education. Um, seeing as though I did not come from a formal photography or production background, I went to a, a retreat called the Coterie Retreat, which was is held by Munaluchi Bride. And my work has been featured yeah, in, in yeah. Been, yeah yeah has been featured in that magazine multiple times. Uh, I went there, and at that point, um, I I had no I had no context to how well well. Uh, wedding photographers were doing. And yeah. I met a gentleman, who, which is my coach to this day, a mentor to this day. His name is G Days. He's, he's a Nigerian photographer um, yeah. that would do over 40 weddings a year. And 35 of them were literally somewhere around the country, around the world. Five of them would be, in with, would be within the United States. The other 35 would be somewhere around the world. And it was at that point I realized that yeah. as hard as I was working, it, it, there were still levels. There was still there was still a right. level level to get to, right? And so this was beyond just shooting celebrities. This was beyond just shooting uh, a luxury weddings. This was just creating a lifestyle that was mm -hmm. second to none. So that you not only would you be able to take care of yourself, but you also to take care of others as well, um, and, and that type of thing. And so with that said, I, I started, you know, probably about five years, four years ago. That's when that, that process started. I started traveling around the world, uh, shooting weddings, assisting, but more importantly, starting to attract brides from from around the world. And um, that has been that's kind of how how things have been. Um, and that's that's kind of that's, that's where I, essentially where I come from. That's where we are today. And yeah. so, um, will you marry me? As 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 with regards to you asking about that, um, that came along uh, because at the end of the day, you would see things on TV. And yeah. for me, I wanted to get out of it. So right now, I'm I'm almost ten years in now. Um, uh -huh. I was I'm almost ten years in, and so my body could not physically take another year of thirty to forty weddings. Yeah. And so I needed to, I needed to find a way to be able to scale. And so if you're a solopreneur, or if you are uh, someone who um, 
you know, you, you, you provide services or you provide products, but you don't have the ability to scale, um, you quickly realize that, you know, something has to shift. And that is just the natural progression. Um, we were doing weddings. Um, sometimes we would have three to four videographers that are running or, or cinematographers running to, to, to be able to tell that story. And wow. so we were already doing with many of your reality TV shows and documentarian shows that are doing now. Um, and so we decided, I, I had an idea. I decided to run with that idea and um, we tested it for the first season and it, and, it, and it worked like a wildfire. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, I um, have been very excited about bringing you on, not only to, you know, again, to have a male perspective in the C-suite, mm -hmm. uh, but to, to really bring um, the light, if you will, to, and, and, and expose others and, and talk about this incredible series that you're doing, because, mm -hmm. you know, um, when I was preparing the promo for this, I thought about, you know, how so many women are waiting to hear those words, you know, will you marry me? Uh, mm -hmm. Some of us are waiting to hear for the first time. Some of us are hoping we'll hear it again, but right. it, it's like those magic words. And, you know, that's just the beginning of, mm -hmm. of a relationship. It's just the beginning of a marriage and, so true. and, uh, and the wedding even, you know, cause a lot of times, you know, Weddings can be, you know, really stressful. They're great big productions. And, you know, and it's mm -hmm. it's it's truly an experience in and of itself. But it's just the beginning of the relationship. And one of the beautiful things about what you do with the series is you get to go behind that mask, so to speak. And you get to hear, you know, what led him to ask to say those beautiful words that that so many of us are waiting to hear the will you marry me? And then to hear her perspective as well and really mm -hmm. delve into the, the relationship part of the marriage. Because I think a lot of times we get focused on the material aspects, the, mm -hmm. what you see when people are out in public, the, the dress, the, you know, the, the image. But we don't really talk about the relationship. So Absolutely. So I know that, you know, in the series, you know, you ask a series of questions, you know, mm -hmm. and, and kind of what led to to the moment when, um, you know, the that mad those magical words were spoken, as well as a lot of other questions that tell a lot about the story. How did you decide to or, you know, just to come up with that um, the way that you have introduced this beautiful discussion on relationships? So I'll, I'll go back to. Um... I, I was on my way back. I just finished assignment in Atmore, Alabama, and I'm on my way back. And I'm on my way back to Baltimore. And coming through the airport, I see the promo the pr promo for Black Love, the Black Love series that's on on own. Mm -hmm. um, and it would and, and I was it, you know have you have you ever had an uh, had had an idea, and mm -hmm. when you, you saw the idea, you wrote the idea down, but you kind of put it on the shelf. Yeah. And what it was is I had never seen mainstream my idea you know, mm -hmm. a, a template of my idea mainstream. And mm -hmm. so I said, I'll get around to doing it. And this yeah. is one of those, it was one of those, those, those scenarios where um, when I saw it, I said, that's it. That's exactly what it, and it was really simple. Mm -hmm. Two people mm -hmm. sitting on the couch, this time it was celebrities and they mm -hmm. were asking questions. The only, what made it different, what makes Will You Marry Me, the show love, the Will You Marry Me show different than Black Love and any other docuseries that's out there is that we, we really dive into the defining moments, right? Mm -hmm. And so all of the shows that were on uh, WeTV and Bravo and all of the, all the various uh, uh, you know, major networks, they were all dealing with the conversation after mm -hmm. he said, Will You Marry Me? 
right? It was it was after that point. And how do you stay together after the point, after mm-hmm. that point? But nothing ever talked about his defining moments. And so um, I believe we, we have taken, I personally believe prior to the show that we have taken those words, will you marry me? And literally they, they think that the conversation starts there and it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. So as a man, um, you know, that has been married for, for what almost 13 years um, and been in a relationship for 18 years. I personally know that there's some defining moments that have that happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's typically there's two defining moments. The first of which when he decides to make you his girl. And if you're in a, a same-sex situation, it's you know, when you, be, you guys become partners, right? And there's a second, there's a second defining moment when he decides to make you his wife. Now mm-hmm. that 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 plays out when he says, Will you marry me? But there's something that happens to us intuitively as men that we say. Oh, oh, something she did, something happened. Okay. And it it could be a combination of of a myriad of things, but those, that is what, that's what makes the show different. What we learned after shooting the first season, because we just wrapped up season two, um, first season was six episodes. Season two was 17. Um, Mm -hmm. After shooting season one, what we learned was not only did he have a defined norm, 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 so did she. And so if there were, um, if she had gone through some things in her relationship and previous relationships leading up to him, there had to be a time when she allowed him to come in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or her wall to come down to in order for this to happen. And so what I found is whenever time, whenever, um, if there was a previous um, marriage or previous, you know, long-term relationship and things are not working out, typically it's because those walls are not, you're, you're still carrying that baggage from the old relationship and you haven't allowed that person to come in. Right. Yeah. Um, and then for him, um, in many cases, when, when, as a wedding photographer, one of the things that I would do is I would use, I would, as a vetting process, I would always ask her, um, what do you think his defining moment at this point? I, I'm, at that point, I was only, I only shot, um, heterosexual marriages. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I would ask during the, during the vetting process, just to ensure, cause I never wanted to, you know, I never wanted a bridezilla. So I would yeah. ask her, Hey, what do you, what do you think his <laughs> defining moment was, um, to asking you the big question? Mm-hmm. And and typically she would answer the question, oh, he loves my greens. Um, you know, he you know, he loves that I take care of the kids. I, I was there for him when he was going through his roughest point um, and, and that type of thing. And I said, OK, well, cool. Then I'll go and ask him separately. Um, uh-huh. what, 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 what was your defining moment when you knew she was the one? And I was they think I was asking the questions. I was trying to get to know them. I was asking the question because the worst thing I, I wanted to do was to shoot your wedding twice. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you catch what I just said, I, I don't. If I gotta shoot your wedding twice. That's probably not a good thing, right? Yeah. And so I, I didn't want to do that. Now I'm not playing marriage counselor. I'm just yeah. just being real. I just I did not want to yeah. get to the wedding day and realize that you know this is no in my yeah. spirit. No, this ain't gonna work. So anyway, yeah. in nine <laughs> nine times out of ten, Doctor Barnes, um, their answers weren't the same. Yeah, she had some eloquent answer, and his was very very simple, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to say probably about a third of the couples got it right. And uh-huh. it was this, it was this excitement once they figured out that that was right. And to me, that was the show that, yeah. that in and of itself was the show. And so yeah. that led to now starting to ask more relationship type questions to see how much, uh, see, see how well they are on the same sheet of music. Now we're not right. talking about what's their favorite color and things like that, but we start yeah. asking questions like, um, for an example, uh, you know, who's the neat freak in the relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we asked separately, right. And so, you know, who's um who's better with money? You know, who's you know, who's the uh who's the pack rat? 
you know, and, and things like that. So we, we start asking some of those fun questions. Who came on to who first? And so forth and so forth and so forth. And so that's kind of where, where, where the show came from. And that is, has, has grown into um, probably about a 35 to 45 minute series of questions when it's all said and done. And then what would, again, what makes it different is we bring in the wedding cinematic value to it um, mm -hmm. that most uh, documentarian shows don't have. Normally it's, you know, you're talking direct to camera, or you're talking off camera. We bring in some of that B-roll um, from various cities. Now, season two was shot over, um, over, wow, it was eight different cities, four different countries. Um, mm -hmm. from, um, from season two was uh, Jamaica. We had uh, Toronto. Uh, mm -hmm. We had the Dominican Republic and then also here in the United States and within the United States, we, like I said, eight different cities mm -hmm. that we end up shooting uh, the, the, the season in. Um, uh, season two also features um, um, Grey's Anatomy, Isaiah Washington, HGTV's um, uh, 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 Egypt Sherrod and her husband, DJ yeah. Mike Fidelf, um, and, and, a, and a series of other influences in ordinary couples. What I didn't want, I didn't want it to be the star studded uh, uh, show. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be ordinary people show, you know, show, showing that ordinary lives. And so the, the couple that's been married the longest has been married for over 40 years um, with the newest couple being married for a few days. Like seriously. Yes. Yes, because I know I've not seen all of them yet. I do, mm -hmm. I do hope to uh, to view them all. But the the ones that I have seen, the thing that's been that struck me the most were, you know, that uh, these were ordinary people, so to speak. You know, you could see uh, your experiences and theirs, and it and 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 to see the true authenticity of, you know, what they felt for each other, and it, and it was really cool to see you know, the differences when they would get it right. Cause some of them would get it right. And some of them, they wouldn't be just like crazy off, but you know, we'll be like, Oh, I would have thought it was this, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that was your moment or whatever, but it was really cool to just see their, their perspectives and their, their interactions. Well, we wanted to get the, get the truth, Dr. Barnes, mm -hmm. right? We, we really wanted to get the truth. And what I mean by that is, um, what, what we found is and what I know for a fact, even if you watch the black love series, no, no shade to them. But when, Okay, look at the Tina Knowles situation. Tina Knowles and her and her husband, her new husband. When you put two people together, um, in many cases, and in, in, in it's not to be uh, um, uh, malice or anything like that, but a lot of times people will will say what they think they need to say to yeah. keep to keep you know to keep peace or whatever the case. And in her case, she went to totally different. She she said what she felt, and that was yeah. it was what it was. Well, we separate the couple, so now there is no there is no barrier. It's just, mm -hmm. it's you and I. And so we have that conversation. And then when yeah. you bring it back together, it becomes this really fun reveal across yeah. the board of all of the answers because neither one of you know what each other said until the show comes out. Right. right. It. You know, it's interesting that you bring up uh, that Tina Knowles uh, situation mm -hmm. uh, because I think it, um, it it really shows how important it is to be real. Because I, you know, I, I watched the clip and and essentially my, my perspective on that was, you know, they asked, a question about it and she made the comment he wasn't perfect and mm -hmm. then the look on his face was like kind of like what do you mean i'm not perfect and a lot of people took issue mm -hmm. you know with, with the authenticity of her response um you know as you have gone through you know the series mm -hmm. and now you viewed what over 20 something couples you just 16 23 couples i guess mm -hmm. you know how um has the authenticity of the remarks caused an issue and just kind of, you know, when they finally did get a chance to see the other's response, what has been their response to like, oh, okay, I would have thought where there were like major differences in, in, in what uh, one thought of the other. 
I love that you asked that question. And so I believe that will you marry me is modern day therapy. Mm-hmm. See, one of the hardest things to do with well, two hardest things to do is number one, get men to talk um, mm-hmm. about what their feelings are. And then number two, um, it's really hard to get couples in general to accept fault for their own ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, right. and that type of thing. And so what I believe, um, even as, as, as it doesn't matter what side of the coin you, you stand on with the Tina Knowles situation or any of the interviews that we've done, what uh-huh. it does is it, it just, it, it forces you to reflect. It forces mm-hmm. you to do, to self-evaluate, um, you know, what's being, what's being said and what mm-hmm. you thought you thought you were doing good. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, oh no, we we don't have any issues. All's all's Pollyanna sunshine. Sean, yeah. bet me, right? Why? Yeah. Because when we ask the question, as an example, um, you know, this seems like a perfect union. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's no, it's everything but that. As a matter of yeah. fact, it's ninety percent good, but there's some room for there's there's, and this yeah. is what I thought I, I felt like she was saying. No, there's there's some room for us to, to all improve, right? right. So yeah. I okay, I don't want to sound like I'm straddling the fence. I also see it from a man's perspective. Right. Right. I also see it from, from a man's yeah. perspective. And so we never ever, and, and I, I, I believe this to be true, whether you're on TV or not, you never want to position yourself where you demeanor the other person, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially, you know, in person, if not, you know, on TV where millions right. of people are watching. And so I felt like, again, it could be, t- it could be taken both ways. Yeah. Um, uh, and so it depends on, you know, what side of the fence you decide to stand on as to which, you know, what, what pers- which perspective you uh, decide, you know, which side you decide you want to go with. But again, I saw I saw it from a man's perspective and I saw, also saw from I think it was it was a really simple tongue in cheek kind of thing. Uh, no, he's no, he's not perfect. And neither is anybody. No, and neither am I. Right. Um, but I, I really feel like, you know, I mean, could have been said a different way. Yes. I think that we could have been a better choice of words um, right. and that type of thing. But yes, with, with regards to other couples, when they see themselves or yeah. they see other couples, the thing that I've heard repeatedly over and over and over again, um, especially from the men, is yeah. that um, they've, they're they learning from other men how to, to resolve certain things that they would not um, yeah. They, they they weren't they, they weren't uh, implementing in their relationships prior, and mm-hmm. so it becomes modern day therapy without actually sitting down in front of a, a you know someone and and, and spilling yeah. the beans. Yeah, right. Because that's the thing that I've loved about every episode that I've seen is, you know, it it really gives you an opportunity to to just hear different positions on conflict. Because um, mm-hmm. I remember the 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 one that you showed in in Newark. Yep, in New Jersey, in New Jersey, yep. New Jersey. Um, you know, one of the things that really struck me was about how the couple talked about uh, dealing with conflict and that they had to deal with conflict because I think she was getting ready to leave, storm out, and and basically he said, no, you 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 got to stay here and talk to me because you don't know if you'll come back. You know, you anything could happen, mm-hmm. and it's important for us to face our issues and talk through them. And that was a defining moment, I think for her in realizing that she couldn't run out on the, on problems. Right. And uh, so that was just a really poignant um, episode in, in just really, I think getting us all to think about, well, you know, how do we handle conflict and what do we do when we don't like something, you know, do we run off and, and, and how do we, how do we deal with that? What's funny is that's, that was actually a reoccurring theme throughout the season mm-hmm. and they, they've either touched it or hinted towards it in some way, shape or form. Um, and what, and what I found is um, whenever you find that someone, th- their first instinct is to run, mm-hmm. 
-hmm. right? And so whenever there's 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 conflict or beef or um, a, 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 a I guess a difference of opinion, or we have to agree to disagree. In many cases, what I think what ends up happening is if doesn't matter what gender, male or female, um, if there if we don't deal with the things that have happened in the past, it shows it just it's going to show up. Yeah. So if if in your previous relationships, if you had a strong personality and things didn't go the way you want, and then you could threaten to leave, mm -hmm. that's re that's really one or two things happening. And again, I'm I'm no I'm no relationship counselor, but you know I've, you know I've I've been there, right? Right? Yeah. We see it, right? If you threaten to leave, one of two things: either you really mean you're leaving, or two, you're trying to get your attention. And what we what we found both on camera, so that interview was probably thirty minutes long, um, mm -hmm. that we showed. The actual interview was probably close to about forty five minutes long. Mm -hmm. So she, there were things that did not make it into the final cut. Right. And one of the things she talked about was um, she being the youngest of multiple kids, and she used she was used. To, I think she's and she's the only girl, I believe, to Cora. <laughs> And she was used to getting her way. And so yeah. she could pout, kick, you know, um, you know, throw tantrums. And that was going to get give her her way. And for, and for the first time, she had a man in her life that wasn't going to just wasn't going to bow down. Um, and not in a way where he was trying to, um, uh, uh, you know, make her submit or something like that. It was more along the lines is I'm here with you, whether you decide to run and leave. Yeah. Or if you decide to stay, I'm going to be right here. I'm not going anywhere, right? right. We're going to deal with this one way or the other. Um, right. And I feel like if you do leave, you're not going to not come back because I'm not a good person. You're not going to come back because you're going to have to fight your ego. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's, I think that was real. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, it's, it's funny, not funny. It's, it's interesting that you, you bring up, you know, ego and, and how, how big a role that plays in relationships and, mm -hmm. you know, and and kind of you know we're, we're kind of using a, a lot of different scenarios we've talked about you know the tina Knowles situation and just kind of the ego issues that that mm -hmm. can bring both from a woman's perspective and a man's perspective and then with a lot of the couples that you've seen kind of how they how they dealt with that mm -hmm. you know it's it's really interesting how you know how our egos can influence who and how we show up in mm -hmm. certain situations mm -hmm. and I'm curious to know, you know, kind of in the, the spectrum of, of couples that that you've had a chance to to see both on the even before you started the Will You Marry Me series. But just, mm -hmm. you know, seeing how that ego was basically a, a, a third party uh, in the in the relationship. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like, um, you know, Eckhart Tolle has the book, The Power of Now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when couples say they've grown apart. I believe this is probably one of the best examples. And I believe that um, if you, if, if you don't put the ego in its perspective. And so mm -hmm. for some people, um, if you're from the medical community, um, um, they call it the cerebral cortex, which is the part of the brain. And I, I wanted to dig into this thing, Dr. Barnes. I really wanted to find out, um, yeah. you know, what, you know, what is what this thing is and so there's obviously two parts of the brains one is the, the cerebral cerebral cortex there's a book called the 12 hour i'm sorry the 12 week year where they really dive into this it's a phenomenal book it's, it's really within the first three chapters where they mm -hmm. talk about this and i think it applies to our relationships in business and just in life and so the cerebral cortex if, I, if i'm saying this properly is the part of the brain that actually protects us it's fight or flight that's mm -hmm. where that's where the part of the brain is and so de depending on what you've ever dealt with um, that's where those memories reside. 
right? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. whenever you deal with business, whether you're dealing with relationships, you're dealing with your children, um, or you're dealing with something that you think that you're in fear, either, either that part of the brain is going to control you or um, the, 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 what is the front? The front of the brain, oh. I apologize. Oh. Uh, it's oh. at the top of my, um, it'll come, it'll come to me. Yeah. If okay. I say it enough times, it'll, it'll come to me. Yeah. So there's a different part of the brain. Um, yeah. And so th some people call that ego. Is it cerebrum up front? Um, the cerebrum is the is the it it's the thinking part. I think. But anyway, we're looking at it. we we right. know what. <laughs> right. So the cerebral cortex. And so, and so the, the long, the, you know, that frontal lobe of, of the brain is mm -hmm. the part of the brain that we can train to, um, to help combat or to, to, to provide mm -hmm. uh, equal balance of mm -hmm. that, that fight or flight. Right. Yeah. So some people call the ego, which is really a, a, a medical term that, that has, you know, a lot of store, I mean, medical data to back it up or medical right. research to back it up. Um, it, 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 it plays out and it plays out a big time. And they actually sometimes even play as, as if it's a third person when the reality yeah. of it is just you. Now here's yeah. what's cool. And I, and I think, I think it's really, really important to, 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 to note. And that is that with regards to, to both business and also relationships, because they're, they're really one in the same. Mm -hmm. If you nurture that part of the brain, if you nurture that and you keep playing that over and over and over again, it wins. Mm -hmm. It wins, right? Yeah. And so if you had uh, uh, some post-traumatic stuff that happened in the past and you mm -hmm. don't deal with it, then it, what ends up happening, and, and it doesn't matter how many times you go to a counselor, sometimes that, that counselor can't bring it out or that psychiatrist can't bring it out. Right. And what we're, what we're finding is, and this is not, this is no, no shameless plug to the show. What's happening is when you, but as soon as you hear it, uh -huh. it's like it, it immediately wakes wake us up. Oh, that's why I keep making yeah. that same mistake over and 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 over, and over again. Yeah. 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 Cause that's, you know, one of the things that I got excited about in listening to it, because, you know, I have, um, you know, have been divorced now for two years. And, mm -hmm. and, and one of the things that I have really committed to doing, because I do believe in love still, and, and I am committed that the next marriage won't be like the first. And so I've really been looking to learn from that experience, but also just learning from others. And one of the things that I got really excited about in listening uh, or watching, you know, the episodes of Will You Marry Me is you get to see a lot of scenarios and learn from it and be and and think about wow you know those are some things that perhaps i used to do or, or wow this is something i need to learn to do so it's it's instructive in a way that's not didactic you know it's not like you know here's what you need to do, do and it's, right. it, it, but you get to learn from someone else's story and you mm -hmm. do it in such a beautiful way. I love them. I, every Thank time I you. hear them, the music is just so beautiful in the background. You just do such a great job. But, Thank you. but the, the way that you've woven these stories together and uh, and just the, the authenticity uh, that you've captured, you know, is really something that we can all learn from and, 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 and learn about ourselves and about others. I, something I do want to make mention to, and then, and we, I spoke about this in New Jersey and I spoke about this to all the screens that we've done around the country. Um, one of the things that I think is, is extremely important that that's near and dear to my heart as a father of three girls. Um, and that is that, you know, I, I believe there's there's this huge, you know, uh, woman empowerment movement. And one of the pieces of conversations that I don't hear that I think that needs to be brought to the forefront. And that is, um, you know, uh, this thing, this thing of, of, of self-confidence, self-worth um, mm -hmm. and how you and how you label yourself. 
mm-hmm. if you find love or if you find a companion or you find a mate or if you don't. Mm-hmm. So I'll give an example, and, you, and I would love to hear your feedback on this, Dr. Barnes. Um, and that is that as a man, if I if I go from zero to 80 years old and I die on my 81st birthday and I never get married, mm-hmm. you don't think twice about it. Okay. Did he have any children? Oh, okay. Did he leave a legacy? Okay. And it's, it's, and, and it's, it's left that way. If right. you take a woman for an example, and she goes from zero to 80, she's never gotten married, or yeah. maybe she had a kid, she's never gotten married. All of a sudden, there's something wrong it's with wrong. her. Yeah. Right. And yeah. for me, I have a, I take personal issue with that because mm-hmm. the reality of it is that that has nothing to do with your self-worth, who mm-hmm. you are, or what validates you as an, as an amazing person, whether you get married or not. But I believe the fairy tale has been pushed oh, to, yeah. to women so much that they've, they, they've aligned their self-worth with, if you don't get married, and this, this kind of probably contradicts the fact that I'm putting out a show called, will you marry me? But there's, yeah. but, but what makes, again, what makes, I think the brand different than anything across the board is that we deal with the full life cycle from the time that you're yeah. single, all the way through to the time that you're married, widowed, and or divorced. And, and that's what we talk about on our podcast and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to bring that point up because I really think, I think yeah. it's extremely important. Because I, I think that is so key because, like I say, you know, even when I describe and I, and, I, and I thought very hard about this. And even when I was doing the promo and just talking about the magical words, even using that that mm-hmm. term, the magical words, will you marry me? And, and truly, you know, women, I think, are somewhat socialized and then pop culture influences us to put so much emphasis on. The, the fairy tale aspects of being happily ever being married happily ever yes, after. So true. You know, and I, and I think about, you know, we we've just had the royal wedding. We have two, but you know, there was a lot of emphasis on uh Meghan Markle and, and Prince mm-hmm. Harry and just the whole fairy tale aspect of that, the literal fairy tale aspect of her finding her prince and so forth. But we a lot of times internalize that expectation that it is it must be a part of our identity you know right because you know on the one hand it's it's in order i mean when you look historically women were defined by their marriages their husbands i mean that's that's how they had rights in society it's how right. they were able to have access to anything and then uh, you know because an unmarried woman was unprotected and unless until you know she was married and then she got certain rights that was subject to her husband right you know so so we're we're not that far removed even from that culturally even in in, in american culture and then in sure. many other cultures that that still remains so because i know i i traveled to india mm-hmm. last last year for a women's women's conference and mm-hmm. that was kind of one of the things that came up about you know just uh how you know it's 2018 and women in India, you know, just some of the issues that they're facing and, and just even uh, biologically, women outnumber men to such an, uh, uh, a great degree. It's, it's a, a, a much even an even bigger issue. Mm-hmm. But getting back to, I think, your original question, I mean, you can tell I get really, really excited about this. No, but this just- is good. These are conversations that need, need to be had, just like the, the, just like the, we need to see more African-American families uh-huh. um, because we never saw we never we've never seen us on TV. We've never right. seen series with us, you know, portrayed yeah. as positive, you know, even with our issues. We've never right. seen it. So these conversations need, need to be had. I, I wouldn't I, I love the fact that, you, that, that, that we're talking about it. Yes. 
because, you know, I, I think, you know, even from my perspective, as I said, you know, I've been very introspective and just really trying to learn in the in these past two years. And I know even for me, you know, I'm, I'm educated, accomplished and, you know, in, in, in many respects, indep well, independent, financially independent and, and all of this. And I but even still. A huge part of my identity was my marriage <laughs> and being married and, you know, having to make that shift. Um, to not having that identity. <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. I've gotten hot in here. But um <coughs> excuse me. Get okay. um having a little personal trauma. No, so, I got you. I got you. I understand. <laughs> but um, but you know, that is something that I think society expects of women. Mm -hmm. We expect of ourselves, and sometimes we don't admit that, and and it creates <coughs> excuse me, it creates all of these issues in that I know for me, I held on to the fantasy of the marriage much longer than I held on to the reality. Wow. And it was largely because of this, well, I'm supposed to be married and I'm supposed to be successful and this is part of what success so that's is. is. Right. When when the reality of it is, in my opinion, <laughs> one doesn't have anything to do with the other. I think mm -hmm. I think you can decouple the two of them. Your success it does not, um, It's it, it feels good. Right. Mm -hmm. When the when the um, when everything aligns up. But if it does not align up, it does not mean that you're not successful. And one right. of the things that I really, really love that's happening right now, pop culture, as you as you alluded to earlier, um, is the reality of it. Reality TV, as ratchet as many people may think it is, um, there are parts of reality TV. So it's being re. It's being reintroduced. Right. What's being it's being recalibrated, if you will. Mm -hmm. Let's take reality mm -hmm. tv from not a not a uh, atlanta housewives situation that's mm -hmm. now or, or la housewives let's look at the the, the the red table table talk with jada pinkett yeah. and her mother oh, right God. that's reality yeah. tv that's real right. right it's not scripted right. at all they have some topics but they it's a very candid conversation um mm -hmm. about love marriage relationships things that mm -hmm. women deal with things that couples deal with and things like that and when you start seeing couples like will and jada again i think you see the recalibration of you know what They've been together for as long as they've been been together because at some point they told the truth. And yeah. I, I love what they both said. It wasn't, I got to the point where I realized you hear couples say all the time, he is my everything or she is my everything. And when you realize you get to the point where, you know what, there's no way for you to be everything to, to, to any one person. You can't. Yeah. It's not even possible. And so you're setting yourself up in your relationship, in your marriage, up for 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 uh for, for failure if you try to be everything to everybody. No, I'm not I'm not the source of your happiness. No, 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 no. I'm here to compliment it. You're the source of your happiness. And I believe it when, when both of us are in that same situation and we both and we come together, um, still recognize what has been taught. We have mm -hmm. to recognize the fairy tale. You can't just put it away because that, that's right. what we've been taught. Um, recognize it for what it is, but don't uh, define yourself by it. And I know it's it's, it's it's a hard mental shift, but I believe once that shift is made, I mm -hmm. believe relationships become stronger immediately. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think about, you know, how, um, you know, scripted television or scripted movies even, and, and just kind of the, 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 tradition of romantic movies you know and i always think about jerry mcguire mm -hmm. you complete me you know that was such a you know there was so many people that you know that 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 line resonated with and you know 
and, and it's a fallacy. It kind of sets us up for failure, if you, if, if, you know, in, in some respects, in that no one really can complete you as much as they can compliment you. And, and, oh, and man. you've got to, you know, you've got to have that balance between the romance and the reality. And, and I think for a lot of couples, the reality is something that they just can't deal with because they right. never deal with it. And by the time the reality is like, look, hello. Oh, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gonna come. It's it's gonna when Baltimore. We, you know when we speak our, our you know kind of our street language, right? It's gonna come holler at you at some point. Yes, yeah, it is. It's it come is. at you when you decide you want to deal with it. It's gonna come holler at you, right? right. And so I, I think that um, what's funny is you know Dr. Barnes, I, I I've interviewed. My initial show was not called Will You Marry Me. Mm-hmm. The initial show was actually called um, The Fairy Tale Divorce. Huh. Um, and so I felt like that show was not. Um, coming up with my first show, I didn't want that to be, I thought it was a very strong mm-hmm. um, uh, show. And really what it was is both men and women who have gone through uh, divorce or widowed or whatever the case may be. And I interviewed them and I asked, you know, if I asked over, over literally over a hundred women uh, this question. And what the reality of it is you come to this reality kind of where you are right now, where you, you're not beating up with, with what has happened in the past. It really is reflection. And it's like, at some point in time, you break out of the spell. Right. Of and then reality kicks in. He's like, "Oh, wait a minute! No, Girl. he's human. Yeah, he's human. <laughs> yeah. I'm human, yeah. and some mistakes are going to happen, right? right. And so when right. you look at uh, stories like Kevin Hart and, and his wife and and and, and, and Jay Z and Beyonce, and you start mm-hmm. realizing that, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, hold on, we're not going to live our lives based off of society." We're yeah. going to create yeah. the rules. This is here. We say all this. We've been on here for about 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Here's the good news. You get to create whatever rules you want to create. Yeah. And, and from here on out, you can you can be your best self and live your happy life any way you choose to, to decide it to be. Yeah. That's the part. Once you recognize that that that, that, that the conditioning or that the, the spell is, has been out there, you can mm-hmm. create the lifestyle that you want. And, and again, li- you can live a fairy tale life after that, but it's based off of the rules that you create. That's just my right. opinion. Yeah. Right, right. Because I, I think, you know, it is so important because it is important to learn from other people's relationships because you mm-hmm. truly can, you know. You can. But the, the truth is a lot of the relationships we're learning from are not the real relationships. We see... The representatives that show up and we see mm-hmm. the perfect part of it we see when they're smiling you know and and that's what we make our models off of rather than as you say you know being courageous enough to make our own rules um because you know one of the things i, I often reflect on you know my my first husband's parents uh have been have, have been married for over 50 years right mm-hmm. And that was, and my parents divorced when I was 10. Mm-hmm. And so I really admired his parents. Okay. Uh, because they had been together that long. And they, you know, by all accounts, seemed happy and they enjoy each other's company and so forth. And so that's what I wanted to recreate for sure. us. Right. But the big mistake I made was trying to make us fit into their molds. Mm-hmm. Rather than learning, and 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 I and I think both of us made this mistake in, in different respects. He both for different reasons. In his mind, that was how a marriage should be, mm-hmm. and in my mind, you know, I was learning, you know, w- w- or thinking that that's what it ought to be. But we tried to put ourselves in in this mold, and I, think, and I think a lot of times, um, a lot of relationships 
fail or don't don't survive the the normal ups and downs simply because they don't give themselves permission to be themselves and to make it work for them. I think one of the biggest aha moments for me, my kind of kind of defining moment in aha moment for me, as I was interviewing uh, some of these women, some of these men, um, you know, specifically in the African-American community, um, when we see people that are together for 30, 40, 50, 60 years, mm-hmm. um, I had no less than 10 of them tell me I stayed together because of the cultural rules, mm-hmm. not because um no, my love for him never changed. Well, my never love for that person never changed. It was that you just don't leave. Mm-hmm. And now, you, you know, and, and there's an ugly side of this too, that, you know I mean? That needs to be discussed at some point. Um, as a matter of fact, there's a movie called Get Out. Um, mm-hmm. There will be another movie called Get Out as well. Um, and I'm creating it um, mm-hmm. where it's, it's about domestic violence, right? Yeah. And right. so can you imagine now someone who's been married for 50 years, but that person was that person's abuser? Right. But a part of the culture was you don't leave, right? right? And so when, and then, but here it is on the outside looking in, we celebrate them. Yes, they've been together for 50, 60 years or 40 years or how long it is. But can you imagine being now having to take care of the person that used to abuse you? Right. Yeah, you so, think of a mad woman. That is very real. It is a very real scenario, yeah. specifically mm-hmm. with, our, with 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 our elders, right? With mm-hmm. now my parents' parents' age, or even my parents' age right now, because I'm, yeah. I'm 39, and you know, yeah. so a lot of the, some, some of these women are, you know, in their late, you know, early 70s. He mm-hmm. was the breadwinner, so she's now having to go out and reinvent herself and refine herself all over again. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, deal with. I, you know, I'm in, I'm in a marriage, um, but I'm having to, you know, kind of reinvent myself. And that's that, and that's the way I came from. That's where I, when I came up with the idea of that. You know what I mean? Um, you, you cannot allow other people's rules to to, to affect your your relationship. And right. if you never get married, you're you, you know what I mean? you're, you're you're just as worthy. And right. that's just that's my message. That's my message right. around the world. Right. And and I think the corollary to that is. You don't have to be married to define yourself. No, not at all. Sometimes we choose, you know, we think that, you know, I'm not successful until I'm married. And so, you know, we end up making these choices to get the marriage. And we kind of don't really work on the relationship. (laughs) You know, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Well, yes. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. I could keep on going, but we have have gotten towards the end here. And, you know, because this is, a, you know, just such a vibrant topic because you get to delve into so many things. There's one thing I, I really didn't get to to touch upon, but just what just want to mention is we're kind of transitioning out is how important it is for this. And you, you touched on this a little while ago of, you know, just a representation of seeing couples, especially in the African-American community, you know, you, mm-hmm. you're getting to see them at different stages, different experiences. And it's so important to see those positive images mm-hmm. because one bone I've had, you know, with a lot of the, the, the housewife series reality shows is, um, is how they portray so-called business women and, and how women interact. And that's, that's not how we interact. Mm-hmm. We do not do that. I have never exactly. cussed a girlfriend out in a restaurant. Now right. I might've said a couple of choice words to her on the phone, oh, but right. that's just not how we act, you know, Absolutely. but, and, and, but it, it, it is so influential for young girls in, in defining their own power and defining their own, what I call leadership identity. And what you're doing is so powerful in that it helps women 
and men to see how healthy functioning relationships work, right. how people talk about each other, talk to each other, how they interact. And I think that's such an important um part of helping us to have healthy relationships absolutely i i I agree with that and you know i'll go back to something we said earlier um and that is that it's not all hunky-dory it's not all you know perfect and you know pollyanna sunshine there there's ups and downs and we dig into that right and so although i want to say 70 percent of the interview is about how they got to that those defining moments we do cross those you know we, we we touch on those those things that what happens when you don't agree to, to mm-hmm. when you don't agree with with one another how do you how do you deal with that um and, and here's the thing these couples are not in the room together so they mm-hmm. have to be honest and you know we we see we, we see a positive image on on tv as as you mentioned or uh, mm-hmm. in the series but then again it's not again it it, it, it i call it a relationship roller coaster that's what mm-hmm. I like that's that's essentially what we do we take you on this roller coaster and when you get off of the roller coaster you know what i mean you you realize that you know what i mean I, we're more alike than we are different Right. And two, we need to see more of this over and over and over again. And I believe you can, as we were talking about the different parts of the brain, what happens is what, what happens when you, when you oversaturate the mm-hmm. visual in, in what you're hearing, um, I believe that couples will start having, you know, w- w- not, not start, they're already starting to have, like they're, they're starting to have some of the tough conversations and now you can laugh at yourself. And it's in a comedic way because yeah, I, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I was stupid enough. Yeah. I did that. That was stupid. Yeah. 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 So it's 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 a good thing, I believe. Yeah, it is. So why don't you tell us? You know, how can we watch the Will You Marry series? Because I do believe it's something that everybody ought to watch. But how can we be a part of this experience and actually get a chance to see the series? So right now we've uh, we've wrapped up season two. Um, you can go to willyoumarrymedoc.com, willyoumarrymedoc.com. You can go directly to the website, um, and there's a store. You can actually purchase uh, season two. And, and here's what's cool. Season two comes with 12 episodes, 12 original episodes. We have an additional five bonus episodes. Um, and, and until Thanksgiving, you're also able to get season one with the same price. And so all of that, all those, so essentially you end up getting something like 22 or 23 episodes um, mm-hmm. for $24.97. Um, okay. So if you go to willyoumarrymedoc.com, you can, you can actually see the, uh, you can, you can go right there, add it to your shopping cart. And once you press, you know, you, you process your payment, um, you have access to all the episodes and I, I say have at it. I would love to hear your feedback. Also, feel free to send me a, a note if you want to inbox me. Please do me a favor and let me know that um, that you saw this interview on Dr. Barnes show, um, uh, uh, you know, show. And that way I'll accept it and we will you know, we can create a dialogue and go from there. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I put it up on the screen. Will Thank you, you. Me doc, dot com. And I'm telling you, y'all, this is something that you truly need to invest in because it's something, it's a beautiful exposition, it's a beautiful expression and a beautiful experience to really get to see these couples and their authenticity and getting to learn from them. And just, you know, who doesn't love a great love story? So I do encourage you uh, to go to willyoumarrymedoc.com and make sure that you get this awesome series. I do want to make one mention, one one other thing before we go off, and that is that, um, you know, 
we've done six screenings around the country and we're going to actually be switching up the screenings and actually turning them into date nights. We're partnering with a, a few mega churches around the country. And w- when we bring them back, rather than just watching one of the episodes and doing Q and a, we're going to actually make it a more interactive experience. So I would highly encourage you to, you know, also leave your name and your email address. When you go over there, there's, there's a pop-up that will allow you to do that. And that way, when we do the screenings, um, we can notify you, um, when that, that's happening so that, um, you can come to one of the date nights and bring your bestie, bring your boy, you bring your boyfriend, bring your your, 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 your husband, bring your boo boo thing, and, and we're, gonna sort, we're gonna sort you out. And so, rather than the so, we'll actually do a live uh, uh, Will You Marry Me interview, but the, the crowd would be into it'll be more of a crowd interaction type okay. of thing, so it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. That should be awesome because I did have a chance to attend your Atlanta screening, and it was really cool because there were a couple of the couples that were there, and one that actually had a chance to to uh enter into some dialogue with the mm-hmm. audience and it was truly great to see not only them on screen but to see uh see them in person and and uh just to be a part of that so yeah. i do encourage y'all please go to will you marry me make sure you subscribe to the series or, or purchase the series and then make sure that you put your information there so you can attend one of the screenings it truly is a, a really cool and neat experience um, and I think, you know, that that's uh, more of the date nights we need to have. So if, if you got a boo, bring your boo. But if you're looking for a boo, show up. You might you might find somebody. <laughs> 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 and it's a great, great thing, because I truly believe if you want to attract love, you got to show up where love is. So. Facts. That's so true. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I just thank you so much. I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to meet. In New Jersey, I, I don't think anything happens by chance, and I'm so grateful that we had a chance to meet and that I had an opportunity to to learn about this series. And I so thank you for joining me here in the C-suite tonight, being our inaugural male CEO. <laughs> yes, but it but it truly is great to have a man's perspective, and and we do hope to have more guys because even though I focus on women, we've got to learn how to have positive relationships with the men in our lives. And you can't do that unless you talk to them. You got to talk, right? <laughs> well, I look forward to coming back. Um, obviously, we have some other pieces to the uh, to the trifecta. Uh, you have the William Marry Me docuseries. Um, what most people don't know is in the spring, we'll be releasing the first Will You Marry Me uh, uh, uh digital magazine and so uh dr barnes will be uh she has a piece in that uh, inside that magazine so we're very <laughs> excited about that and uh yeah we just i'm very excited about obviously being here and being a part of the this movement and, and I, I love what you're doing you, you know i i really do believe in the the woman empowerment movement but i i, I would I, I also say and people always get upset with me when i say it but i'm going to say it anyway because i think it needs to be heard and that is that you know i mean don't leave us behind don't leave us brothers that, behind that is right? so, that is so true because um you know it's so funny you mentioned because on the last episode i I made the the statement uh reflecting upon um a gentleman uh who was talking about feminism and one of the things that he said is that feminism which is just generally means the empowerment of women and making Mm -hmm. sure women have the same rights is not going to be successful until you have men as part of the discussion and men have to be a part of this we you know you even though we want to empower women it is not for the purpose of overpowering men. It is for being better partners, better uh, colleagues, and for us to coexist in a more positive way. So, I agree. I agree. I think it's a perfect way to wrap this thing up. I think. I think. I think. I think you're one thousand percent right. 
All right. Well, thank you. So before we start into something else, because clearly we've got a lot we can discuss. I'm going to sure. go ahead and wrap this up because I certainly appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you again later on uh, in the C-suite. So again, thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Barnes. You guys be blessed. All right. All right. Well, I hope that y'all enjoyed this episode. I tell you, this is uh, truly a powerful conversation. We truly could have continued this for a whole nother hour because there's so many things that we need to talk about, men and women. There's so many, so many different perspectives. And, um, you know, one of the things that I am committed to, you know, I always say, you know, I work with women, I help women to be the help women and a few good men to be the CEOs of their lives. Even though I focus on empowering women, men have to be a part of the conversation and we have to be able to engage them. And I'm so excited that this episode was preceded by Dr. Pauline Crawford um, Omps, who is dedicated to bringing men into the conversation because the more open we are to hearing different sides, the better our perspectives will be. It doesn't mean we have to change, and but it does give us a more rich and full experience. So I just want to thank y'all for joining us tonight. And of course, tonight's episode was brought to you by Deciding on Joy, my journey from breakup to breakthrough in 30 days. And of course, that was written by yours truly. And it is such a critical part of this whole discussion on relationships. And you can go to www.decidingonjoy.com to get your autographed copy. And of course, it is available on Amazon. And I'll just say one of the reasons that I committed to writing that book and one of the reasons I believe it is very powerful is because it truly is an introspective look at how do you make the decision to get from breakup to breakthrough. So I just want to thank all of you for joining me here in the C-suite. And of course, we just want to make sure that we are continuing to make those CEO moves. So I hope you learned something. I hope you felt something. But most of all, I hope you do something. And of course, here in the C-suite, we want you to create those circles of influence, educate and empower yourself so that you can elevate your, your life and operationalize what you learn to optimize your outcomes. Because whether you report to a CEO or you are the CEO of a company, you are always the CEO of you. So make sure that you remember that the power is not in the conversation, but in the CEO moves that you make. So don't just talk about it, be about it. But don't wait, wait broke the scale. Remember, your life is the product of your choices. Choose to be the CEO of you. Until next time, I am Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, and it has been my pleasure to host another episode of Conversations from the C-Suite, where it's the girlfriend's guide to being a CEO. So thank you so much, and I will see you next time.